Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. I'm Scott Farrow, hosting with me today, Cade Barrett. Today, we're having a conversation with 21-year-old real estate investor, Adam Abajan. Adam talks with us about how he got into the business at a young age, how he's grown his business, and tips for people looking to get into the business of real estate at a young age. Hopefully, you find a lot of information helpful today, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Adam, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right. So for people that don't know, Adam, uh, how long have you been in the business? Uh, just about three years total. I think two years full time. There you go. Mm-hmm. And so what were you doing before you got into the business? Man, same thing as you is making some nice coffee over at Cup of Joy here, uh, a local coffee shop. And, you know, I, I, I love that job and it was really fun, but I I've Obviously, it was very limited, so mm-hmm. you know it kind of pushed me to get out of that. But uh, that was probably my, my first and, and really only job, and then after that, kind of got into to real estate from there and, and kept moving up. How did you get into real estate? You know, so so after high school, I kind of came to that realization where I was like, man, I don't want to go to college. I don't really know what I want to do. I just kind of want to make money. I think kind of like all of us for the most part. Um, and so I. I really just just dug into to what I might be able to do found out you know buying apartments is probably a, a legitimate thing to do considering a lot of wealthy people go that route or own apartments and so you know just looking at different things ended up kind of getting interested in flipping um, never watched the the flipping shows and I'm glad I did or I'm glad I didn't because they're a very unrealistic expectation <laughs> really but uh, but yeah so YouTube I think you know kind of showed me what I wanted to do and then um, you know, working at that coffee shop, I actually met a family friend there that, you know, does anywhere from 70, 80, 90 flips a year. And so mm-hmm. seeing that and, and, and finally getting to talk to him and set up an appointment just to, to you know, see what he has to say, um, that did help change my life in terms of, you know, finding a mentor that would that would uh, take me off the ground and kind of help me out. Um, so that was that was kind of my start is working with with other people and, and uh, kind of having them guide me and, and just doing whatever I could for them to to you know, learn the business essentially, if that makes sense. Dude, that's awesome. And so you were working at Cup of Joy with me. Uh, we left almost at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And so we've both been in the business. We've been working kind of with and around each other for a while now. Um, you know, what are you really doing? You know, I don't want to spoil it for people, but you're, you said you're doing a little flipping, a little wholesaling. What do you, what do you uh, specialize in? Yes, yeah, so you know, I, I did originally get into the business just mainly for flips. That was my goal was to to, to uh, get to a real high volume of flips, and um, you know, I'm still having fun with that. Still doing a majority of the projects I do are flips. Um, you know, what I kind of realized a little bit through is that I was throwing away a lot of, of leads and, and and sellers that I had that still could be converted, and so I started doing some wholesaling too, um, which obviously then expands. You know, your marketing. So I'm. You know, I can mark it out in Bakersfield and, you know, way up north to where I would never go do a flip and drive two, three hours for. Um, so that's what I'm kind of focusing on. And I'd like to, uh, my goal was to get a couple of rental properties this year, either, you know, if I buy them myself or if I can uh, um, do it via creative financing, which would be the best way. But mm-hmm. mainly uh, doing some wholesaling and flipping right now. And, and uh, I'm real, I'm having a lot of fun with that. When you started out flipping, did you use, what were you using for money? Were you raising private 
you know, yeah. capital, what were you doing? So, uh, so my, my, uh, my partner that I originally worked with, they would buy everything in cash, which made things real easy. I remember doing the first couple deals and my friends and family would say, there's no way you, you know, have that money in your bank account to buy those houses. <laughs> I had probably negative in my bank account, but, uh, you know, having those people be able to fund it in cash, which essentially is like a, you know, a private investor. Um, is awesome just, just because then you don't really have to worry about the one of the hardest parts of, of getting those deals which is the funding and you know a lot of people have that limiting belief to where you know no money is gonna you know, can't do anything because mm -hmm. you don't have the money for it um, they don't know how to get it and so that was probably the biggest um, help was having someone like that fund it yeah um, obviously teaching me the construction and everything too but I think that's probably the easiest way for someone to get started find someone else that's doing it with the money and you know have them kind of put up that that, that front capital at first. It is, sorry, go ahead. Well, let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, we talked about, before we got on the podcast, how all three of us started with no money. We got into the business at a young age, and now we're all doing different things. Uh, can you give us some hints on what were those steps and, and what kind of mindset changes did you need to have when you, you left Cup of Joy, same as me, Neither of us had hundreds of thousands of cash laying around, uh, but somehow you and I both did flips and wholesales within the first year. How did you kind of go about that? And what did you bring to those guys that made it worthwhile for them to fund that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it is difficult because, you know, you don't know what you're doing and it's hard to take a lot of action on, you know, stuff that you're not sure about. And so, you know, it, it did take me a while to kind of figure out what marketing would work. And so, um, you know, my kind of motivation was just now I don't have a paycheck coming in so I got some savings but you know I kind of planned out okay this is gonna last me X amount of months so I gotta get a deal before you know this date or else we might be in some trouble um, and so you know I, I was doing a lot a lot of people that start off do bandit signs and a little bit of uh, direct mail and I was I was knocking on some doors and stuff like that and um, you know, I'd go out every night at like nine o'clock till 11, 12 o'clock and put out bandit signs, you know, four or five times a week. And that got stressful after a while, but uh, it actually did bring me my first three deals was uh, was from bandit signs uh, so that it, you know, it did work out. Um, I'm not doing it too much anymore just because it's a, it's a pain in the ass. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, doing that in the beginning was kind of all I had the money for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I was I was doing that to, to, you know, all I could to try and get at least one deal. And so. You know, kind of what I brought to the table for those guys was, you know, they already had deal flow coming in and everything in that sense. But, um, you know, when I would find a property that was, you know, obviously a potential flip for, for us, you know, you know, they'd help me negotiate and, and, and everything in that sense, too. But uh, I think it was more the hustle um, that mm. they really liked and, and um, project management, too. I helped mm. manage some of their projects and, and learn the construction side of things, too. Um, but, you know, I think it was just my willingness to learn. And I didn't really have a rebuttal if they would have told me, go put up 100, you know, in two days, 100 bandit signs. I would have done you it, done it, figured it out. You didn't have any formal education in real estate, right? No, not really. I mean, YouTube University was about it. I never got my degree, but, you know, that's pretty much all <laughs> I learned from. Um, you know, I, I will say you can learn a lot of stuff from YouTube. And I always encourage people to just Google it or go on YouTube before they do anything. But um, being out in the field with a mentor you know, walking through houses, looking at properties, talking to people, there's, there's no better, you know, training and, and education than, than being there and doing it. So that was mm -hmm. kind of the, the majority of it for the most part. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. 
are you working? Are you still working under that mentor? What are you doing now? Are you no, on your it's, own? It's yeah, I'm on my own. It's been a, a decent amount of time um, since then, and um, you know everything was was going well with them. It was just came to the point where it's like you know I can do it myself, and there was two of them, and so technically three of us, um, and. You know, I, there was stuff where I'm like, you know, I could keep doing this for five, ten years and never be perfect. So, you know, I have to at one point kind of go out on my own and, and, and go ahead and start kind of paving my own path. And so that's kind of what I decided to do. And, you know, I still work with with partners, probably some people you might have even had on the show. Um, but I, I like that because in, you know, especially in Fresno, I know like, you know, there are markets like Arizona, mm-hmm. everybody's friends with each other and they all work together. And, yeah. you know, we don't uh, we don't you don't, you know cross paths in, in a negative way and so I, I yeah. like still working with people um, but I try not to tie my down, myself down now with you know a specific person or anything if that makes sense yeah there's a good amount of, of investors that we're all good friends that we all hang out we all try to play basketball uh, <laughs> there tries like that. that keyword yeah there tries the keyword there um, it's been really nice because we are able to have on a lot of younger people and you know more experienced people as well and we all get along and uh you know it's a helping environment when you went out on your own i mean what was uh what would you say is the hardest part about going out and just doing it because at that point how many years did you have under your belt um i had about two i I worked with the first two two partners i had for about two years um maybe a little bit less and so that's kind of what um like i said got me started off but but moving forward to, to doing it myself i think the biggest problem was is making those decisions myself because when I had you know partners and um, you know people I trusted who were doing this every single day uh, it, it was easy for me to bring them something or look at something and they say perfect we're good to go and they put up the money and I'm like well I have no liability here they know what they're talking talking about um, but doing it myself now I got to make those decisions so for example when COVID hit you know I'm relying on other investors to kind of tell me what they're thinking about the market and understand because I've never been through a recession. I, you know, I was a kid yeah. the last recession. So, you know, it's, it's hard to understand exactly what might happen or what you should do. And so sometimes when you don't know exactly what you're going to do, you don't take the full amount of action because you're still a little bit hesitant. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, I've kind of attributed that to like, you know, my faith in God too. When you, know, you, you start to lack faith in him, you don't really want to follow his example, you know, what he has for you. And you kind of take a step back and see how it plays out before you do anything and so that's one thing that I've kind of noticed too is you know I did start wholesaling a little bit honestly because I was scared because I didn't know mm-hmm. there were some deals where I'm like I don't I don't know how I could ever do anything with this you know I'm, I don't know what's going to happen and so you know making those decisions myself um, when you're young is what I was probably the most difficult part I'd say mm. um, and I kind of gotten over that hump for the most part good mm-hmm. yeah you know we actually started wholesaling similar time frame I don't know if you noticed but you know, our team started selling off a lot of stuff that we would have normally flipped ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the, the value for it was that, um, just like you, we hadn't gone through a recession personally. You know, we know people that have, and we heard their advice. And, you know, what we were really trying to do was was play a way that would allow us to stay safe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that's interesting. I didn't even think, think about you know, if I were in my own spot, what I would have done personally. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now I, I uh, if I do do flips, I try and get them where, you know, it's nothing, nothing too detrimental. I, I try and find stuff where I'm, you know, very, 
very not very good neighborhood but a, a good neighborhood to the point where i know that it's going to sell for this price and i'm being conservative and i still have a good spread instead of you know trying to cram the numbers in originally um and, and trying to make it work and hoping you know i save money here and there so i come out on top um which is what i was doing when i first started too because i would try and make it work because if it didn't work for a flip it was dead to me and so i didn't have another exit so, you know, being able to, to kind of pick and choose now what I want to wholesale and what I want to flip is is been a lot more a lot more fun. I can say that. Yeah. So I enjoy kind of having that option and having a little bit more of a um, safety net on, on what I can choose to, to flip and not. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how I've changed it a little bit. And then hopefully in the next, you know, six months or year or so, I'll have a whole nother. And I obviously do offer, you know, creative financing to the people I talk with, but that's hopefully a whole nother side of things in the next six months or a year or so to be able to start ramping that up and be real fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what goes in, I mean, you mentioned coronavirus, obviously mm-hmm. kind of jump started thinking about wholesaling some deals instead of just only doing flipping. Yeah. What other stuff are you thinking about or what numbers are you crunching when deciding whether you want to flip it or wholesale it? Yeah, you know, a lot of it goes into, it can just be real simple as, you know, is it worth my time? If it's, let's say I've had stuff in Porterville, Visalia, Tulare, which is, you know, if people don't know, 45 minutes, an hour away sometimes. And, you know, it could be real easy, but sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have stuff in Fresno, I'd rather focus on that. And so a lot of the times it looks like, you know, if you can make close to the amount you might make on the flip and there's zero risk and it's six months sooner, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. And um, I know you guys had Stratton Brown on a while back and he kind of encouraged me in that too. You know, why would I want to make five, maybe 10 extra grand and wait six months and that possibly come down back to the original amount that you would have gotten in your wholesale fee just because rehabs go over, sale mm-hmm. prices are wrong, you know, stuff happens. And mm-hmm. um, so that kind of, you know, I was, I was kind of naive to that. And I didn't really want to listen to what he was saying just because I thought it was dumb. But when you think about it, there is a lot of good, look, got a lot a lot of good points to that mm-hmm. um so a lot of it is just is it worth my time to flip it um if it kind of just weighing out what what would be the better option and so you know there are ones to where right now i i well you know maybe in the last month or so i should have held on as a flip because the market's on fire right now and i know yeah. you guys are selling stuff you know off the chain I'm, I'm guessing yeah oh yeah yeah and so you know there's a thankfully i have a few that are going on the market soon but um you know there was a couple that I, I could have used as a flip instead of a uh, um, as a wholesale because I was looking at the numbers completely different because I was being real conservative considering mm-hmm. the times we're in. Um, so just kind of stuff like that I would say goes into it and, and 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 really it's just based off my time what I'm you know what I would rather get out of the deal at the time if I can make you know twenty thousand dollars on a on a wholesale and and you know I was gonna make twenty five on a flip you know it's it's kind of mm-hmm. a no brainer for me in that sense. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think the only fun thing would be to be able to actually do the flips and be in there and have the HGTV transformation and, you know, have the photos and all that um, versus letting someone else do it. But sometimes it just comes down to, you know, what's the what's the best option for you and your business? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, question, have you well, I'm not going to say have you. I know you have. Um, what do you do to show your friends and family what you're doing? Because I've seen it on social media before. And I remember the first time I saw it, it was for a property in fig garden area yeah an old fig and i remember Love seeing it one. and being like wow look at that can you tell us kind of how you've let people know what you do and how maybe that's affected your business yeah you know i think uh i think the best thing to do is, is try and do it nonchalantly you know i never try and 
push it out there and, you know, say, this is what I'm doing. You know, I want you to get involved. Kind of, you know, essentially trying to attack, maybe not attack people, but go after people and say, you know, here's what I do. How can you help me versus, you know, the, the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I do have a lot of family and friends. I need to get better at social media. Uh, I kind of kind of lag in that a little bit. But, uh, you know, telling people about what I do and getting them interested, you know, and I, you guys probably have the same thing because your age, a lot of people are interested in what you're doing because mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, in their 40s and 50s can't do what you guys do. So, you know, people take interest to in that and they see, you know, I'm at a high school flipping house. They're like, oh, you know, I want to, what, what is he doing? And mm-hmm. so I think that, um, you know, I'll go back to talking about it. I, I try and um, tell people what I'm doing, make it nonchalant. And, you know, my goal is to kind of, um, show that I am providing a solution because I used to think that flipping was kind of a, a negative thing. You slimy. Know, it's kind of slimy, yeah, you know, under the table type stuff. And it's not. You're beautifying neighborhoods. You're helping out homeowners. And, you know, I, I forget that sometimes. So I have to reiterate that to some people and kind of let them know um, exactly what I'm doing. And so, you know, I do have family um, and friends that, that have approached me about, you know, private money. And that's probably the biggest turn um, mm-hmm. in my business is, is that. And so, you know, that conversation, I know there's different tactics to approach that. And mine is, like I was saying, kind of being nonchalant with it. If they're interested, I'll, you know, progress with them and talk a little bit mm-hmm. more. Um, if, if, if they're not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to push someone to, mm-hmm. you know, invest their retirement with me or anything in that yeah. sense. Um, but, you know, I do, you kind of feel out, you know, what people, what people are looking to do. And, you know, obviously if they're family, you know, their background and what they might have and, you know, how they might be available. And so, you know, having that, that conversation with them about, you know, what they're looking to do with their money and um, how you might be able to help, I think has helped me a lot. Um, you know, I think the other thing with uh, the network and talking with people is, I bet you guys have seen it probably more for you guys is, you know, listing and listings and deals coming from just a referral basis. Yeah, from friends and family. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you guys get a lot of that. And, you know, I was, I was joking with Stratton the other day because we were in the cigar shop and he walked outside and one of the guys that worked there gave me uh, was giving me a lead because he said, hey, you know, I know you flip houses. There's this lady that, you know, came in and I was fixing her fence and I told her not to sell it yet because her mom died. I want to I have somebody that might want to buy it. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll write it down. And I ended up calling her and I just wholesaled the house, made over 20 grand on it. You know, wow. Like, For buying a cigar. Oh, yeah. Shit like that. It's like, you, you know, don't think about it. Um, and and stuff a lot of stuff can come out with it so now you know i've told my mom my dad my my brothers and sisters you know here's 50 of my business cards just pass them out tell people what i do um Mm -hmm. i try and do that as much as i can just because you never know what's going to come from it you know so i i do um i think last year especially i got a lot of referrals um from you know family friends but a lot from realtors as well was another good thing so you know, showing people what you can do obviously adds that credibility to the back of it because I know a lot of older investors, they don't really post or talk about what they do. And I think it's just that older generation likes to keep things more to themselves. Like, this is my secret. This is how I make my money. You know, you can see that I got a nice house and stuff, but I'm not really going to tell you the background of it. Yeah. You know, I kind of get that vibe from a lot of people. And so um, people seeing what you're doing kind of, or you being open about it really sparks a lot of people's interest and, you know, a lot of people want to have a conversation about it. And so, you know, even at the gym, I like to network with people. And, you know, at the gym I go to is is a little bit nicer than GB3. Gosh, shakes. So, you know, there's there's some 
there's construction guys, flippers there. And, you know, I've had hired guys to be my contractors out of the gym, which I wouldn't recommend for anybody listening to this, but you know, (laughs) I I took my chances, um, you know, just different stuff like that. So, you know, telling people what I do and, and, and being positive about it is probably the best thing. Um, because it opens up doors in, in, in all different avenues. Um, and I think that's probably been a, one of the biggest helps to me is, is, is being open about what I do and not kind of closed off about it. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, too, this was uh, at the beginning when you were talking about how you got started. Uh, straight out of high school, going in and working at Cup of Joy, uh, same time as Scott. Mm-hmm. And then when you decided to jump into real estate, you mentioned that your family was kind of like, where are you going to get all the money for in all this stuff? So yeah. how is their kind of perception of what you're doing kind of shifted? And, you know, now they're, it sounds like they're rallying behind you, passing out your business cards. Yeah. So how's that kind of shifted their mindset? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you have an 18 year old kid who says they want to flip houses and, you know, you're come from a, a, a very, very, you know, old, older school mindset, you're, you're stuck in a job working a salary and, you know, that's kind of how my parents were. And so, I mean, hearing your kid want to do that and not want to go to college, you're kind of thinking, all right, dude, you know, like every, every kid that would have a dream. And in, in, in that sense is, you know, all right, let's see what you can do. But, you know, I don't really have any faith in that, especially when it's more astute. Like if I said, I want to go play in the NFL, you know, that seems like something cause I was playing football. Okay. You can have that dream, but you know, I wasn't even in the business really. I just wanted to make money. Um, and so at that point they just didn't really think I, I, wanted it I guess that bad and so um you know I I was still going to college and everything and I would skip class a lot of the times and go watch YouTube and and you know journal and and pretty much write down notes on you know how to get into real estate and stuff and learn as much as I can but uh you know they they uh they didn't really encourage anything but school because again they were grown up they, they grew up like that I'm sure your parents both of your parents were kind of like that in some way too and so um and I'm not knocking school I just didn't I didn't like it and I have you know, a lot of ADD and it wasn't easy to sit there. And so, um, you know, they, they didn't really encourage me at first. They always had faith in me. I can say that, uh, especially my mom, just, you know, when you're not doing it, when you're all talk essentially, and they don't really see you working on it, it's kind of like, all right, you know, what are you, are you really going to do it? Or are you just kind of BSing us? And so, um, it took them a while for me to, you know, after doing a couple deals for them to finally see, okay, you know, you can do this by yourself. You can make money through it. Um, and I think it really took me doing it all by myself for them to finally be like, okay, you can run a business by yourself, at least, you know, to start it out for right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of sparked their faith. And I guess, you know, being consistent with it every day for two, three years, you know, after a while, they're like, all right, I think he likes it enough that he's going to stick with it. Yeah. Um, and it took a while and I feel like a lot of people's parents that are listening are going to be worse and they might, you know, ridicule them and, and mock them. And I didn't get that as much. Um, and some might be really encouraging. You never know. And I think you just got to keep pushing forward regardless because it's your, your dream or your goal and not, not really theirs essentially. Yeah. I'll share, I'll share alongside that when I moved over. So we left at the same time. Mm -hmm. I had the same experience where my family comes from education, you know, good careers. I mean, they make good money. They, they've done well for themselves. They've learned to save live good lifestyles Mm -hmm. um and when i said i was getting out of college uh to go into real estate it wasn't the getting out of college that necessarily bothered them it was going into real estate they felt Hmm. like maybe it was a get rich quick kind of a thing or um i don't think it was ever there was ever any like you know personal judgment against me but it was definitely like a 
are you sure that's what you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I went in the same way you did. And so I had two mentors, Benny and Jason. um, And I went through the last couple years learning right beside them. And and I actually had a couple different family members apologize to me for comments that they had said. Wow. It's crazy because I didn't, I took it a little personally at first and, and it drove me a little bit to be like, you know what? I'm going to kill it now because there was doubt. Yeah. But you know, I think a lot of people who are young, if, especially if you have a family that's educated or that's used to the educational route, if you don't finish school and you go into it, I think there there's going to be a little bit of a roadblock. You know, Cade, you've got a great benefit of you've managed to work both sides. And so when do you graduate? Uh, I'll be graduating next spring. So you're going to graduate next spring, but it's almost like you didn't miss a beat because you've been working for a year now. And then you're spending your summers full time. I mean, you're doing it the right way. Yeah. So I, you know, I think everybody who's listening, especially younger people who want to go and get into the business, um, don't take the the comments as personally as maybe I did. Take it more like how Adam said and just go work hard Mm -hmm. and uh, it'll all work out. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. If you and Jason talked about this a little bit. Um, I think it was our third or fourth episode of the show too. There's money out there to be made in this business, but you've got to put in the work to do it. I mean, you can't just have, you know, going blind and think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get rich quick, but mm-hmm. you got, you really got to put your head down and work, but there mm-hmm. is money to be made. And I mean, you can do it if you just put mm-hmm. in the work, right? I have a question, uh, Adam. So if you don't mind sharing is kind of personal. Um, at what point did you start finding that you could actually live off of the income you were making? I mean, was that for me, it took me over a year before I started positively cash flowing. Yeah. You know, I, I think it would have been in the first year. Or so, I mean, I, I, I don't throw anybody under the, the rug or anything. I, I wasn't making a ton with the partners I had originally, um, which did, they taught me so much. And, you know, it is like a, a Harvard education because that's not taught anywhere. Um, but it was difficult because, you know, I, I wasn't making a ton from them just because there were, um, some flips to where their return that they wanted was, you know, just, just on point, but it wasn't enough for me. And so there were times, you know, in the first two years where I I really wasn't making a lot to survive off and I was burning savings. So, I mean, it wasn't pretty by any means. So anybody listening to this, um, you know, understand that. And, you know, when I first started, I thought, you know, if average is 30 grand on a flip i make three flips that's pretty much 100k there you go i'm set one year and it it did not turn out like that so um (laughs) not even close i don't even know if i clear 10 grand maybe maybe yeah that was that was that was a difficult year first year it's not always bright and shiny yeah yeah and you know i did get i think the first year at at least four flips or so um which is great Mm -hmm. it just didn't pan out the way i wanted it to and so um you know, I guess that's my first taste of kind of getting hit in the mouth for the most part. I guess you got to all got to experience that. And so I think it was after two years or so um, when I actually started going off on my own that it was a little bit uh, more beneficial to me because, you know, that's why I got into wholesaling a little bit, too, is because there were times where I'd get a flip and I'm like, wait a second, I'm not going to see this money for six to eight months, but I need it like in, you know, three weeks. So what's the yeah. better option here? Yeah. And so that's kind of why I got into that. So I was able to kind of rejuvenate myself a little bit. Um, and I guess that Kate goes back to what you were asking. How do I choose 
whether to do a flip or a wholesale, it might just mean that, you know, I want money to fund marketing or I want to buy something for my business, you know, miscellaneous, and I'm not going to wait six months for this money. I might just use it uh, wholesale and use the money now or a portion of it, whatever it may be. Um, And so that kind of rejuvenated me um, by doing stuff myself after about two years or so um, to be able to kind of now fund my business, have, you know, a little bit more overhead, hire some, some virtual assistants and stuff like that. And, um, kind of take my, not take my foot off the gas by any means, but, you know, stop doing the, 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 you know, miscellaneous tasks and I'm still doing some of them, but I bet you guys know very well that that can get very strenuous doing all the little, you know, data marketing, follow up, there's leads and appointments and construction management. It just gets out of hand sometimes. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it did take me a little bit of time to, to get to that point. And so, you know, I know my mom was on my ass for a little bit about it saying, you know, I, I see you working, but you know, there's nothing coming in. It doesn't matter if you're working hard, if there's nothing coming. And so, you know, at one point I had to kind of realize, you know, or figure out what am I going to do to, to make sure I can stay afloat too. Um, and that was humbling too. And, you know, that grew my faith in God a lot, which was awesome. I think all of 2019, um, I did, you know, restructure my foundation with him. So that was awesome taught me a lot and I you know I, I got close to, to God a lot more um, which I always have been but we always drift away and so that was that was good as well and so you know I'm, I'm thankful that it did kind of hit me in the mouth and it took yeah. me a while to get to that point because if I had quick success with it too I might think every business is like that and I might go start another business in a year because I think Lose I'm going to have success exactly yeah. yeah and so you know I think a lot of us too have that shiny object syndrome maybe not to buy things but to start other businesses because we see money to be made um, and that can get in the way sometimes too and so I'm glad I, I experienced that it, business is not just started and make it you know real quick um, like a lot of people put on social media that it may be and they're advertising it to be and so you know it did take me a while and and I would expect that for a lot of people and so you know, if you're consistent, you do like it, then it'll be something that that'll flourish for you. I think it just takes some time. So yeah. where is Adam going to be in five years? What's you know, your plan? My goal in five years is, 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 was to, well, my goal was to own 50 units. Um, hopefully that'll change by five years and it'll be at a hundred or 200. That'd be my, my, hopefully my new goal by then. But, uh, I'd like to start, um, acquiring property. And I think, uh, through creative financing at first, just to make it easier for me. And then I'd like to go into getting more apartments and, you know, getting into apartments too. A lot of them are like longer term flips. And so I kind of, I, I kind of like that model and I'd like to, to, to move into that too. Um, I'd, I'd really like to, to get a good amount of real estate and then kind of maybe move away from it a little bit, start other businesses. I don't really know. You know, mm-hmm. I guess we'll kind of see how, where that takes us. And, yeah. and you know, obviously I'm, I'm waiting for God to kind of show me too. So I'm, I'm no, in no rush. But, uh, you know, I still have a lot of work to do on the, um, the smaller scale for the investment side in terms of flips and wholesales and, you know, getting a little couple units here and there. Um, a lot of stuff I haven't done and a lot of stuff to do. So, you know, I think for the next five years, I'm going to s- kind of stay, obviously, in the industry that I'm at and keep pushing as much as I can. Um, and so, yeah, the goal would be to get some, uh, some apartments under my belt, which would be awesome. Cause that was the goal originally yeah. too. So, you know, I can't forget about that. That's, that's what kind of drives me for the most part. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, that leaves us with a big question. Um, what do you advise people that are getting out of high school right now and want to get into the business? Yeah, I was, I was waiting for this question. So either 
man, I mean, if you're in high school, if you're 15, if you're 30, if you're 60, I would say the biggest thing would be to get a mentor, even if you have to pay them and they're taking the money from your flips or your projects, whatever it may be, it will save you so much money on the back end from learning all the mistakes that they make. Um, I mean, you know, even talking with someone like Stratton, there's times where, you know, I might be going into a marketing channel and he's tried six platforms in that channel and I give him a call and say, which one do you use? And he tells me this one and I just save myself from trying all six of them, you know, little stuff like that. And so um, finding a mentor if you're doing flips to help you fund stuff, help you know which stuff is a good purchase and which one's not. Um, that's definitely my biggest thing. And, you know, I, like I was saying, I had some hiccups in the beginning with my mentors, but I would say that it saved me so much time, gave me so much knowledge, and it also opened up a lot of doors for a lot of things. You know, I have all my, my I have all my subs for my projects set. I have contractors. Um, I know a lot of people in the industry and now because of that. And so, you know, it was worth, um, it was worth going through that. And a lot of people in, you know, in college, they go through unpaid internships. And I forget, you know, this is really the same thing. Essentially, it's an investment for me to learn from these guys um, and shout them. I have the privilege that they're letting me, you know, shout them and follow them. And so that'd be my goal is I know a lot of people want to do it themselves, get started right off the ground. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but finding a mentor that's doing what you're doing, you know, that's, you know, five years ahead of you or so. Um, that's just, that's just perfect. And I would say that I would, I would find that person and rock with them and, um, just add, add value to them and see what you can do for them to, <clears throat> excuse me, continue to, uh, want help them so that they still want to keep helping you and helping you grow. Um, and then eventually go off on your own and, and see what you can do. That'd probably be my biggest takeaway. Cause I think that's the biggest, biggest thing that kind of got me started for the most part. Awesome. I know I 100% agree. I don't want to speak for you, Scott, but yeah, um, I know Benny and Jason having those mentors has been absolutely huge to yeah. at least the jump start um, of both of our real estate careers too. Yeah, I, if you don't mind, you you mentioned one of the most important parts of getting a mentor that's bringing value to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought the value of the hustle, right? yeah, and so you know I did something similar. You and I also both brought graphic design as a background, something that helped us with our marketing um, and networks. What, say you're, you're talking to somebody, I mean, what's it, and they want to get a mentor, say they were to come to you. Yeah. Because you're, you're at a point where you could use an assistant. You could use somebody that you could help train them on what you do and they help you by doing X. Yeah. Can you give some ideas on maybe what some stuff might be that could, they could help with? And they could bring value by doing that for you. Yeah. And, you know, I think it depends on the investor, too. But, uh, you know, there are a couple of guys that, that do, maybe not my assistants, but, you know, that are wanting to get started. And, you know, one of them's 50. And it's kind of like a reverse mentorship, I kind of like to think of it as. Um, and then there's one guy, you know, a little bit younger. And you know, they don't know technology. They don't know real estate that well. They're just kind of, you know, blue-collar worker guys that just wanted to, 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 to wholesale and flip a little bit. And, you know... I get them lists and they just hand dial the hell out of those things on their phones all day long. I actually get a good amount of leads from them too. But, you know, I, they don't, they don't ask me, do I, you got, I got to call through this whole list. You know, do I got to do it by my by hand? You know, how long is this going to take? I just give it to them and they do it. Um, and they keep asking me for more. And I think the, the biggest thing uh, to contribute to people, if you don't know real estate, you don't know um, marketing or sa- whatever it may be in the industry, 
the willingness to learn and the hustle and you know everything that comes with that i think is the biggest thing because if i tell you to do this this and this and i give you instructions even if you don't get it you're going to come back to me and say hey teach me how to do this i want to do it right um and that's really for someone like me what i'd really appreciate and i'm assuming you know i'm I'm probably going to speak for all the other investors because their time is very valuable and so you know someone that is willing to figure it out themselves and hustle and do whatever it may be you want them to do without asking or out you know, questioning if it's right or wrong. Um, that I think is extremely valuable to almost anybody. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people that do need a mentor aren't, you know, up to date on, on the industry or, or anything that might be of service to, you know, someone that they might be uh, learning from or a mentor. And so, you know, that, that might be the only thing is the hustle and the, the, the drive to just work and do whatever they need you to do knowing that this is an investment I'm learning and I'm gaining experience because I'm going to have to do this myself one day anyways. Um, and, you know, I think it's funny, too, because I, Jason Pritchard was the first person I met actually at Cup of Joy before really? I met my partners. Yeah. And so I might have told you this story before, too. But, you know, he was sitting in there and I went up to him and and I think I he had some real estate documents. and I started talking to him and, you know, a week later, he took me around as his some of his flips. And that was the first guy that showed me anything. You know, really? most people are, were not open like that. Yeah. And I was, I didn't know him, nothing. I just went up to him and, you know, I always kind of wondered, you know, what if I stuck with him? I'd be in Scott's shoes right now, yeah. you know? And, and so we started at the exact same time. Yeah. And so, you know, it was interesting to have him kind of show me and then, you know, see you go with him and work with him. And I'm, I'm happy to see how that turned out for you too, man. And, you know, I just thought that was interesting that, that we kind of saw the same person at first and got introduced yeah, that way. That's crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, essentially, he, he walked me through some of his houses in Clovis when, you know, he had just a few flips going on. And just seeing, you know, seeing an actual flip in progress, I was like, oh, this is real. You know, I can I can actually do this. Yeah. It doesn't look that difficult. Um, and, and, and that kind of that sparked it for me. And I never really went to have him mentor me or too much anything. He did show me a lot. I'm not going to say that. There's a lot of stuff he's helped me with. Um, but, you know, I, that's one opportunity I think I, I missed is saying, what can I do for you? You know, how can I help you grow your business? Never too uh, late. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Never too late. I don't want to sit next to you every day. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was, a, that was a funny story on how I kind of had met him, too. Um, and now we're, we're both here. So it's interesting yeah. to kind of see how that works out. Yeah. Well, hey, man, this is really awesome. You know, you provide a different, you know, a different viewpoint from Cade and myself. And it's been really awesome having you on. And hopefully people listening, obviously, you know, listen to what you're saying, because what you did is clearly worked. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I'm, and I'm, I'm always open to helping people out. So uh, I don't know if, if they can get in contact with me. Yeah. Um, What's the best way to reach out to you? Shoot, I would say Facebook, Instagram, social media is Adam Abajan, A-B-A-J-I-A-N is the last name, um, or uh, APA investing at gmail.com. That's my email. If you want to shoot that out, I don't know if Perfect. there's too many ladies listening. I don't want to give out my phone number. We'll do that later. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, any, yeah. Any, anything someone might need, feel free to hit me up. I'm always happy to help. I'm an open book, and I'd love to see what I can do. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank thanks, you guys Adam. for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Pursuit of Property podcast with Adam Abajan. Adam shared a lot of great information today, especially for those of you looking to get into the real estate investing field. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Happy 4th of July, and we'll see you next time.